This is episode number 145 with David Allen. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Now, I'm super pumped to introduce you to today's guest. His name is Mr. David Allen. And for those that do not know who David is, he's the author of a huge bestseller called Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. And uh, who doesn't want to be stress-free and super productive? I know I do. Now, Getting Things Done has been nothing short of a global phenomenon. For over a decade, the Getting Things Done book has been a bestseller around the world and is the foundation for a wide range of offerings from the David Allen Company by individuals and organizations implementing the proven techniques and best practices. This groundbreaking work-life management system transforms personal overwhelm and overload into an integrated system of stress-free productivity. Now, it doesn't matter if you are an executive, a student, or run your own business or household, the Getting Things Done system will teach you the tips and tricks on how to get, stay, and be on top of it all. So I'm super pumped to bring you today's guest because I had a great time talking with him. Now let's go ahead and dive in with the one, the only, Mr. David Allen. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. I'm excited today because we've got uh, a new guest on. His name is Mr. David Allen. How are you doing, David? Terrific, Lewis. Thanks. Glad to be here. I, I've been wanting to actually get you on for a while, um, but you didn't have a book coming out, so we said let's wait until you know a book comes out. And now you, you're, we don't have a new book coming out, but you've got an updated book uh, of getting things done, the art of stress-free productivity that is coming out. And uh, why did you si decide to update this and re-release it? Well, several reasons. I mean, the the core methodology that I identified back in the first book is is bulletproof, and it's still there. It's evergreen. Uh, but there, you know, some of the languaging, some of the positioning, some of the, um, just some of the spin about getting things done and who it's good for and, and the depth of it has really, well, I've learned a lot, you know, since it was first published, gee, 15, almost 15 years ago. Mm. And, you know, what's changed is probably how many more people, uh, this is a must have instead of a nice to have in terms of surfing through their world these days. So uh, you know, the world has changed a lot, but not, not the principles that you have to apply to thread through it. Uh, but it's just getting more complicated and more ne necessary to keep your head clear and to maintain space, you know, in your, in your head so that you can think creatively and strategically and focus on the meaningful stuff. So that's just getting a little harder, you know, given the ubiquity of the technology and, you know, information and communication flows that are going on now. 
Would you say that, uh, you know, smartphones and the internet has been, you know, the biggest challenge for anyone in getting things done? Well, it's it's good and bad news in spades. You know, it's like, God, what a great time to be alive that we can do all that and be that virtual and, you know, connect in when we need to, the way we want to. And, you know, that's, I, I've been, gee, I've been on email since 1983. Wow. You know, <laughs> before a lot know of people listening to this were born. Yeah. That's what, that's what no, I was no, born I, that year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had, that was Western Union's Easy Link, and I had an IBM XT computer desktop and a Radio Shack Model 100 thing I traveled around with. And you oh could, that's when, that's when you had to was hook that a in. Box? <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to hook in your you had to hook in your modem. You know, it was like a I don't know, it was like a four point something modem, and you had to take alligator clips with you so you could clip into the wall. And, oh my you know, goodness! Next to the phone, you know, and I had to walk sixteen miles in the snow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really funny, it's really funny. Well, uh, but you know, so you know, thank goodness. I mean, the, my whole lifestyle and work style wouldn't exist without that technology. But it is uh, challenging because. Uh, first of all, and a lot, there's a lot of new brain science out. That's also what's changed is how much uh, scientific, you know, cognitive science and research has validated what the getting things done methodology is, which is your heads for having ideas but not for holding them. However, all that dinging and all the email and all the pinging and all the constant ever onness is creating huge, uh, huge addictions for people that are into that. And what it's preventing is people having you know, real conversations and doing real thinking and doing and, and reflecting, which has always been an issue for people, but now it's even more so. And, you know, the addictive quality of the pings, even just thinking who might be calling you and might, maybe you should pick it up or who should be, you know, you know, what kind of texting should you be doing or what's going on in social media, even just thinking about it, the studies have now shown will diminish your performance. It's so, almost like, yeah, it's almost like the anxiety of, um, you know, should I text back right away? Do I need to text back right now? And it is, if it vibrates, there's a different reaction. If it dings, there's a different reaction. Sure. Uh, you know, and it, it ruins people's sleep patterns because, you know, I remember I used to have my phone on me constantly and I would have phantom vibrations on my <laughs> leg. When I didn't have it on me, I was like, did it just vibrate? Did it vibrate? Who's texting me? Yeah, I, know, I know. I know. I don't, I don't know if you've ever experienced that where you have phantom <laughs> vibrations, but. No, no, I haven't. But by the way, there's a brand new book out, not mine, but boy, I, it, it is, it's a mind blower. It's called Brain Chains, two words, brain chains, and chains around your brain. And it's by a man named Theo, T-H-E-O, Kumpernole, C-O-M-P-E-R-N-O-L-L-E. He's Dutch, uh, but he's aggregated and uh, all, a whole lot of the new research based Basically, poo-pooing, you know, that, that, that multitasking makes you efficient uh -huh. is total bunk, total bunk. And that's all the information about that. And the new wired digital generation, um, they're, no, they're no better than anybody else <laughs> in, terms yeah. of, in terms of all that and are more, <laughs> more likely to be addicted in yeah. that way. And uh, so it, it's fascinating stuff. So I would highly recommend that read for anybody uh, just in terms of it's a manual for, you know, for the, your thinking process. And how to start to thread through, given all this technology, and how to set up your life so you're not distracted by it, but leveraging it. Very cool. Yeah, we'll have that linked up in the show notes afterwards. Brain chains. Cool. That sounds cool. Um, yeah. It's just like, how does how do we even begin to learn to focus on certain things? When we have our cell phones nearby, when the email is up on our computer, when social media people are commenting to us and we feel the need the necessity to respond and react and get back to people. You know, there's some days where I, I feel like I just reacted the entire day as opposed to set an intention and created something from my vision. Like how does someone focus as opposed to multitask and how often should they be focusing for each task? You know, it's a great question. And a lot of the brain science has now validated what, uh, what getting things done or GDD for short has really facilitated over all these years. I just didn't have the science behind it. I just learned it on the street and watched it knew. work with yeah. people. And, well, you know, the, I spent thousands of hours literally desk side with some of the best and brightest and busiest people on the planet watching how this works. And it's very bulletproof. But one of the reasons it works is it allows you to chunk this stuff in and block it. In other words, 
if you're not cleaning up your email and your in-baskets to zero every 24 to 48 hours, there's a part of you that's constantly emergency scanning, not wanting to miss something. Mm. If, however, you've chunked it down where you say, look, I've defined all the work at hand. If there's an emergency, people can reach me. I don't have to be on my phone. I don't have to be accessible like that. They can find me if they need me. But because I'm cleaning it up regularly, people know I'm going to get back to them. There's not that urgency. And I can then sit down and then think through email when, it's, when I'm in that kind of modality and not have to deal with it the rest of the day. So how do you, so, deal, with, how do you deal with the email then? What's your daily routine like? I just I, When I'm not doing anything else, I'm cleaning up email to zero because there's a surprise coming toward me I can't see. And when that hits, I want absolutely the minimal amount mm. of unprocessed backlog. Otherwise, the surprise on the new stuff will feel like an interruption and a pain in the butt. Whereas if it's clean, I can then evaluate the new input against every single thing else I might, would, could, should be doing and go no or yes. And then, then you're making good, you know, just intuitive choices about how do you focus, you know, focus yourself during the day. But you, you, that, that's almost impossible to do if you're not cleaning up. So back to me, what I do personally Usually the night before or, you know, I'm trying to clean that up. What I've learned recently, especially reading all the brain science, is that emails that require thinking, good thing to do those in the morning. And all the other stuff called snacking on email, you know, dumping spam and handling the two-minute ones. You know, two-minute rule is a good good one out of my methodology there. Anything you can, you know, whip out and turn around in two minutes, you should. So right now what I do is I, when I'm glancing at email, I'm deleting spam, handling the two-minute ones. And I'm actually moving the ones that are going to require a little bit of thinking and decision-making to another block. Mm. The reason is decision-making is actually a, a mental, can cre- creates mental fatigue. You, yes. the, the reflective part of your brain and your forebrain, they've now studied, that, that's where decision fatigue comes from, that you know, even deciding which shoes to wear in the morning actually <laughs> uses cognitive horsepower, just like deciding you know, who to hire. So just any kind, any kind of decision actually is, is draining, draining down um, cognitive muscle. I'm glad so you want to be, yeah. be very careful about that, and that's where you want to block that stuff. And you also need to refresh your brain so that you're making good decisions and not knee-jerking decisions. Mm, I'm glad you said that because I, you know, I'll, I feel like I'm making so many decisions throughout the day. You know, I've got a company. I've got employees. I've got constant projects that are in motion that I've got my finger on the pulse and there's some nights where I'm, you know, I'm with my girlfriend and I'm just like, babe, I'm not going to decide. Like, you just need to tell me what you want to do and where you want to eat because literally <laughs> right. I'm like, I have no more energy left to make decisions. Exactly. And, and you telling me you don't know and you don't care does not serve me right now. So uh, <laughs> give me a couple options of what you want and I'll make a decision easier. Right. Uh, but it's so interesting, the fatigue and the drainage of just making so many decisions. I feel like, how do these high power executives, you know, these major Fortune 500 CEOs that are constantly making, you know, billion dollar decisions or high stakes decisions, how do they deal with this fatigue? Well, people like Warren Buffett wear the same clothes and eat the same lunch, so they don't have to make those decisions. They don't mm. want to draw it down unnecessarily. But they also have structured a lot of their life around them so that people around them are making decisions and making it easier for them to make some choices uh, about what to do. So obviously handing off that is, is you know, an executive skill to be able to do that. But it's also true that, and that in order to keep that muscle from frying up inappropriately, you need to constantly reflect and refresh. Mm. You, need to, you need to daydream. You need to stop that, that um, sort of reflective focus. But again, that's why addicting to your smartphone keeps drawing down that energy. So that's one of the things that they've now proven that 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 constantly being distracted or having noise in your environment or trying to multitask, you're using that same muscle and it's drawing it down. So what you want to do is chunk your life so that you you really do need to when when it's time to really focus, you want to be able to really focus with no distraction. And when it and then when it's time to relax and refresh, you need to step back and relax and refresh with no distraction. That's why they're getting things done methodology which is eliminating a lot of the inner distractions, makes it much easier to then optimize how you're using your brain process. It makes it a lot easier to focus on the one thing you're focused on when you're sitting down to craft your business plan for the bank or your, you know, or, or, or your pro forma or your, your strategic plan. When you're trying to do something like that, you need to really be able to focus and hold your brain into it. And then after that kind of thinking, you need to stop and walk around the block. You need to you need to just go daydream and without, literally without your phone and, on you. 
absolutely without your phone on you, especially if you're addicted to thinking about what, who's, who might be calling. You know, mm-hmm. So that's being able to block all that stuff out so that then, okay, now it's time to deal with email. You know, and now it's time to focus, and now it's time. But most people can't do either one because they got so much static going on in their head. It's like the old cartoon. You remember Pigpen? You know, that just has this constant cloud around uh, it, you yeah. know, of residue. Well, most people, if you could, you know, I can't see psychically, but if I did, that's what a whole <laughs> lot of folks would, would, would look like, just all this residue spinning around in their brain. So what are the the effects, the negative effects of people's daily productivity by the simple act of not having zero completed emails or having, you know, zero unread emails at the end of the day? You're never fully trusting what you're doing. Wow. Huh. Okay. Well, I mean, come on, you tell me. See, the email is not self-evident. Some of them are, but a lot of them, you know, what's embedded in there? Then something, there might be something in there that I might need to know. There might be something that, that I need to be abreast of. There might be something I need to catch up. There might be something critical and, and a priority in there. So it's good to know. Now, I do emergency scanning, too. I mean, we all do. Look, you know, I'm going to go into a meeting. Let me see if there are any burning barns or, or easy jokes. You know, <laughs> what can I do real quick? You know, and that's, that's all fine. But I don't, I don't make that my life. Most people are just living in emergency scan modality. That's why, you know, and part of the getting things done methodology is to make sure you build in regular reflection time and what we've referred to as the weekly review. Once a week, you need to spend two hours and catch up and bring up the rear guard, reflect on sort of the totality of all your projects, what's changed, what's new, get a current inventory of all your work out in front of you. If you're not doing that, you're, you're being driven by latest and loudest. Right. That's interesting. And, you know, I, like, I love that you said, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say this. Uh, the way you said it, but you need a daydream. And I love that because I, I call it tr- strategic screwing around because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, let me just go take a break and hang out with some friends. Maybe we'll be talking about ideas about business in there as well. And maybe we'll be, you know, um, you know, building relationship and rapport and things like that, which could help my business or something in the future. But really, go for going for a hike, going to play basketball in the middle of the day, something to kind of strategically screw around I feel like it gives me a lot more energy throughout the day. Um, Absolutely. Right. Now, is it true that you're a black belt in karate? Yeah, I haven't trained in years, but I did. You know, it's kind of like riding a bike. There's certain things you don't forget. But yeah, I did. I spent several years. Now, how long does it take to get a black belt? Uh, it took me about four years. Wow. Uh, very much depends on different schools, different styles, different different requirements these days. But that's kind of in the in the early days when uh, the martial arts were just becoming popular in the states. Gotcha. What is it you learned about uh, through your process of becoming a black belt in karate that you connected with on productivity and freeing up your mind space? Well, I refer to it now as the st- strategic value of clear space. I mean, when you know, a lot of the high levels of training in the martial arts. Uh, include meditative and contemplative kind of exercises. And, you know, there may be a spiritual component to it, but there's a very practical component. When four people jump you in a dark alley, you don't want to have 3,000 unprocessed emails hanging in your psyche, <laughs> right? You need to be clear yeah. and real clear. And there, there are very practical techniques in the martial arts about clearing your mind. You know, the, I, I, I stole the, the phrase or the idea of mind like water. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's clear like head. Is that Bruce Lee? Or yeah. That? Yeah, that was Bruce Lee that, that sort of popularized that idea, you know, that, that water, it looks weak and, and flimsy, and yet it's, you know, one of the most powerful things in the world. And so the idea is, you know, the idea is the water doesn't over or underreact to anything. It just appropriately reacts and responds to its environment. So the idea of having a clear head so that you're not over or underreacting to things, that's sort of the idea. And, you know, most, that, that was very, very powerful. It was very powerful to experience sort of that inner space and being able to be clear amidst chaos and so that you could then navigate with chaos. Now, that wasn't a, you know, I didn't know where I was going in my life. I still didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. I was waiting on tables while I was, you know, teaching karate. <laughs> so, wow. you know, there are a lot, of, a lot of professions came here and there. But, you know, in retrospect, I go, well, that, that, that sort of turned me on to the idea of clear space, as well as meditative kind of practices that I got involved with, you know, I'd been involved with for, for 40 years. Um, and, and so all that, knowing that those were really useful exercises to be able to maintain perspective and focus. Uh, certainly a, a huge part of productivity. What are some of the meditative practices that you believe in today? Well, anything, 
It, you know, anything that gets your mind to lift up and and not be wrapped around whatever it is. I mean, we all have to. We all get down in the weeds, but it's just you know forest management instead of tree hugging. Sure. But you know, we get we all have to hug trees. You just need to make sure that you, every once in a while you lift up and look around and make sure you're hugging the right tree. <laughs> right. All right. So it can be as simple as simply focusing on your breathing, which was a martial arts technique in case you got kicked in the wrong place and you really wanted to try to transcend the pain. You just need to come present. So mm. anything that anything that brings you present, you know, and and mindfulness is a big popular sort of movement out there these days. Anything like that, you know, works and is is, is quite healthy given what we mentioned before. In terms of the brain needing needing a respite, it needs it needs to stop and back up. So even just simply the 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 simple techniques about that. Sure. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Is there anything that you do specifically on a daily basis, like a morning meditation or something before a conference call or a speech that you clear your mind with? Well, you know, I, I, I like to sort of, you know, before I do anything, I like to just sort of call on my own powers that be. Mm. I, I work on the working hypothesis that's been borne out many times that there are forces that we can't see that are on our side, mm -hmm. uh, you know, however you want to interpret that and sort of being open to that and open to, if nothing else, just say the higher part of me, you know, mm -hmm. the still small voice that really kind of knows what's going on, loves me dearly, you know, winks at me when I screw up, uh, you know, and it's just always there, <laughs> you know, that, that, that sort of inner coach, uh, you know, learning how to <clears throat> access that, trust it. Right. You know, it's a good thing to do. And you can do that in a few seconds. It doesn't take, it's not, not a hugely, it doesn't, you don't break a sweat doing that kind of thing. Right. But it is something, you know, I don't like the word discipline. Um, you know, it just sounds too hard. I'm too lazy. But direction, <laughs> if, it, 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 there's a difference between directing yourself and disciplining yourself. Now, I understand what you mean by disciplining yourself. I mean, I need to try to, you know, to discipline yourself until you break the habit of, you know, always on with your smartphone you're going to have to have a, exert a little bit of discipline to pull yourself away from it. But the way you pull yourself away is just to direct yourself into something else instead of that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, direction is, I think, a classier and more elegant way to think about it than discipline. I need sure. to direct myself. Because, quite frankly, you know, as I say, I, I can resist anything but temptation. You put it in front of me, I'll want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, love those brownies. <laughs> yeah, love those no sweets. Kidding. Yeah. What is what is the? I'm interested to, to understand what the, um, 
higher power that you're calling forth, like the higher ways of being or the distinctions you're trying to call forth when you're grounding yourself in, in moments that are maybe big moments or something like that? Is there something that you try to bring forth more of? Well, yeah. Hey, you know, God's a good guy, you yeah. know, or or girl or it, you know, whatever that thing is. I mean, whatever you want, however you want to name, there is a positive force in the universe that I've, you know, experienced to some degree in, in very real ways. Uh, and, you know, it's a good working hypothesis that he, she, it is there and always accessible. So uh, that works for me. Mm, cool. You mentioned you had a lot of professions, and I think I read you had 35 professions before you were 35. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I remember it because I was 35, and I added them up. I just said, I don't know, oh one night, goodness. for whatever reason, I just said, you know, let me, let me make a list of all the things I've ever done for money. Now, you know, a profession, you know, one night cooking greasy hamburgers yeah. tel tel on Telegraph Avenue in Berkeley from 11 at night to 7 in the morning because I was hungry, and that was the, the, the job that was available. You know, sure. one night was, was it. I wouldn't call that a profession, but right. it, it was a job that I had. What was the job that you had that you learned the most from that you didn't think you'd learn anything from? Good question. Uh, a job I learned the most from I didn't think I'd learn anything from. Um, or maybe that you want to learn much from. You know, uh, it's funny. I'm managing a service station and a car restoration company, you know, of uh, business. I, I One of my professions was I managed a Texaco station, a block off the Santa Monica Freeway in L.A. Huh. And we also did sort of old, you know, rest restorations. I mean, this is back in the, the early 70s, mm. uh, you know, and and. You know, guys from New York would, would come out and buy their first Mustang, you know, because they came to California. So we, <laughs> we restored a lot of the old Mustangs and people wanted to do the California thing. Anyway, learning to, to manage a service station in the chaos, literally fires and crises come pulling off the freeway into your, into your station. And there was a lot of things I actually learned there. Uh, that I actually have included in the GTD methodology. For instance, the tickler file. Uh, just being able to make a, a, you know, I had a file folder that had one page for every single project around the station that that wasn't finished yet that I needed to do. The guy who owned the station forced me. He said, David, I don't want you to see out there on the pumps for a half an hour. When you first get there early in the morning, you spend a half an hour, lock yourself in your office and do nothing but, but rummage through those pages hmm. that tell you about all your projects. And what, I didn't realize then was I was learning, boy, you better get all your work at hand, put it all in front of you, orient yourself, and then cut loose. And then you can trust your spontaneous judgment calls about what you do. But that's hard to do if you don't see what all of your stuff is and externalize it. So he was giving me, you know, I was learning uh, my initial lessons about the external brain and how critical that was to then be able to trust your intuitive judgments when it gets nuts out there. You don't have time to think. You need to have already thought. Right. Wow. That's pretty cool. And you didn't yeah. think you'd learn that much there. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Very cool. I like that. Well, I also learned how to do a brake job, you know, and, you know, I was, <laughs> I, I, and, you know, I learned a bunch of, bunch of cool stuff about, you know, getting inside of engines and cars and so forth that I'd never really learned before. So uh, wow. that, that was always fun. Which, which job taught you the most about yourself? Well, kind of hard to say, you know, that, 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 you know, one of my professions was, was a, as a personal growth trainer. Mm. So, you know, I grew up in the, uh, I was an, a trainer for insight seminars and it's still around, but you know, in the seventies and eighties and the heyday of best actualizations, life spring, a lot of the California sort of intensive personal growth stuff. Mm -hmm. And it started out avocationally. And then I actually, then I actually had a job working with the insight uh, organization. And that was, you know, boy, you know, such powerful stuff. Uh, you know, any kind of self-development stuff, if you turn around and teach it is when you really learn it. <laughs> so, sure, exactly. You know, you know, that's, as you probably know, I mean, yeah. you're in an educational, you know, kind of context yourself. And, you know, that teaches you probably, you probably learn more than people that are listening to you. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm I selfishly wanted to start this podcast because I wanted to interview the, the brightest minds in the world so I can learn from them. And then teach it in return to everyone else. So, you know, I wanted to teach others, but really teach myself. Um, yeah. That's very cool. Now, we've got, there, there are a lot of people that are listening who've probably got really bad productivity habits. And is it true that the average it takes to uh, 21 days to break a habit? Is that true for GTD? Or what's the path? I don't know. You know, there, <laughs> the, the best practices, the best practices you can pick up in a second. 
Right. I mean, people say, how long does it take to start to implement this? I say, about 20 seconds. <laughs> right now. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly right now. Now, building it as a habit, I'd say the whole methodology as a habit. I mean, where you from now on are keeping nothing in your head. You're constantly, you, you feel uncomfortable if once a week you're not doing a weekly review and pulling up the rear guard. You're not, you know, you're not allowing yourself to start events or meetings without going, what are we trying to accomplish? You're, you're not ending conversations without clarifying what's the next action, who's that. You're getting your email and your invest is to zero on a 24 to 48 hour basis on a regular basis as a habit, two years. Two years to do that. Yeah, yeah. And that's, what, that's the folks that are really, really good. Now the bad news is is that <laughs> is that you you that you'll get that just a little bit if you just keep a paper and pad by your bed you'll sleep better. So any this is not like running with scissors. I mean anything you do about what I said, you know, is going to improve conditions, you know, around you no matter what. So oh, wow. but if you're really talking about building that in. Now that said, there are a lot of exceptions to some of the techniques. When I coach executives sometimes immediately we, when I sit down and work with them for two days and they empty their head and they make all the next action decisions about the stuff that's got their attention and they catch how powerful building a project list is and building a waiting for list of all the things they're waiting on to come back from other people and start really, really tracking with integrity the agendas that they need to go over with all their direct reports and their banker and their consultants. And they just get all that out of their head and they make all those decisions. I've had a lot of them just hit the road running, just not stop doing that. Wow. So, it's possible. I mean, these, these behaviors are not like learning a new technology or a, a foreign language or something. I mean, everybody knows how to write stuff down. Everybody knows how to do all these things. But, you know, how, how powerful it is, how much difference it makes, and how much pressure it relieves when you start to implement those, that's very different for different people. Mm. Yeah, we live, uh, you know, it seems like, you know, I guess I'll speak for myself. Uh, there seems like some days where there's a lot of chaos and other days I feel like I have order. And you talk about five steps that apply order to chaos. Can you speak about mm -hmm. some of those? Sure. Yeah, there are five steps that get anything under control, whether that's your kitchen or your company or your, your head or a meeting. And basically, you need to capture, clarify, organize, reflect, and engage. Capture means I need to identify the stuff that's not on cruise control and, you know, capture it, collect it. You know, what's got my attention? I need to make that list. Can you give some examples of what maybe for a lot of people capture? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, everybody who's listening to this has probably had their brain go at least one, if not several places while they've been trying to listen to this that have nothing to do with what you and I are talking about. <laughs> right? Sure. Oh, oh, God, I need cat food. Oh, I got to hire that thing. Oh, the bank's credit line. Oh, I have this customer issue I've got. <laughs> Wherever your mind went, right. that's what you need to grab, whatever that oh. is. So right. how, what, do you, what do you mean by grab that? Write it down. Write it down. Gotcha. Okay, get it. Cool. Get it out of your head, basically. So gotcha. the best practice there is you need to make sure you've collected or captured uh, at least placeholders for anything that you have your that has your attention. Anything that's not mm. on cruise not on cruise control. Wow. Because there's an inverse relationship between on your mind and getting done. Whatever's on your mind keeps banging you on your head means it's hung up and you're the bottleneck. Because the reason it's on your mind is there are decisions about it that you haven't made or you haven't parked the results in some trusted system. Wow. So. So you've got to first identify those things. And that, that takes, <laughs> it takes a while. It takes you know, an hour or two for most people we sit down with just to capture, not to organize or analyze, just to identify what's on their mind. Oh, I need cat food. Oh, i got to hire an assistant. Oh, I need to launch the ad campaign. Oh, I've got this problem with the client. I, oh, I've got this doctor's appointment I need to set up. All that stuff. So you're saying write everything down, <clears throat> excuse me, write everything down that's in your headspace at all that you feel like you need to do or have to do or react to. Write it all yeah. down that, that this is something you're going to do at some point. You don't have to do it all right now, but right. getting it clear. It's something, yeah. it's something you might need to do or decide something about. Wow. But this might could take, need to. That could take yeah. a while. Yeah, well, one to six hours for most professionals. Wow. And then how often do we do this process? Well, hopefully never again. Hopefully you're capturing the stuff when it first pops into your head. That's one of the habits to change. And you write it down right away. Exactly. Or you, you email to the person and they put it in their spreadsheet what or whatever. Yeah. You get it out of your head somewhere, get it into a trusted place that you then trust you need to move to step two and three, which is clarify and organize. So once I wrote down cat food, then I need to decide, okay, is that something I need to do? Yeah. Great. What do you need to do? I need to buy it at the store. Great. Where do you keep track of stuff you need to buy at the store? Let me stick it on a store post-it. Great. Now, you're, now you've cl clarified and organized. Or you wrote down bank. I say, well, what about the bank? Well, I need to look into whether I can extend my credit line. Great. you got a project. 
R&D, look into bank credit line increase. What's your next action on that? Oh, God, you know, I probably ought to call my banker. Great, call banker. That's your next action. That's how you clarify that. You just park that on a calls list, put the project on your project list, move on to the next thing. So that's, that's, the, that's the nitty gritty of phase two and three. And then at some point you say, okay, I, I'm going out for errands. What are all the errands I need to do? I'm at my phone and I've got a client's 30 minutes late to their meeting. What can I do with my phone? You better pull up all the phone calls that you've decided you need to make that move the needle on your stuff. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's the big duh. You need to have you need to have defined what all your work is, and then have it all accessible to you, for, so that you can reflect on it. So that then, when you engage, that's from a trusted place. Hey, I've just now oriented myself, looking at my calendar, looking at my project list, looking at all the other things I should do. Here's what I'm going to do: take a nap. And man, that's a good nap. <laughs> yeah, it is. You sleep really, well. You sleep well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you can only feel good about what you're not doing when you know what you're not doing. Oh. And most people, most people don't have a clue. Wow. That's pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah, well, it's simple. Get, it's very simple, but again, it's not that easy because most people have really let the backlog pile up in their psyche and in their life. I mean, come on, look at the center drawers of their desk. Look at look what's on your desk. Look what's in your email. How many, you know, what, what do you have in there? You still haven't decided what you need to decide you're going to do about it. Wow. And it's okay, it's okay to decide not to decide, but you need to decide not to decide system. Put it somewhere. Yeah, we call decide. that incub incubate. Gotcha. You could even create a folder called "Here's all the crap I don't want to think about right now" and just pull, pull it all in there. You walk, you turn, you walk free because wow. you've named it. You've named what it is. You put it somewhere that you don't even think about. Well, you put it somewhere that some part of you says, "And and I need to trust. I will review that again regularly to make yes. it so sure, make sure it's okay that about what I'm not deciding about." Mm. That's so you can fool me. You can't fool yourself. Right, right. You 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 really know whether or not you're in avoidance or whether hey come on that's just not the thing to focus on right now I will later. It's not as important or urgent right now. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Now is there a right or wrong way to getting organized? Well, getting organized just simply means that where something is matches what it means to you. So you're not organized if stuff if, if you've got reference material that's that's sitting somewhere where reference material isn't. <laughs> don't don't blame me. That's just by definition. Right. right. So once you decide what stuff means, just park it where that is. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm not a naturally organized guy. You can ask my wife, but I'm lazy, so I don't like to have to keep rethinking what something means. So if if something is a phone call I need to make, that's on a list called calls. <laughs> so wow. when when I look at that, I I don't need to I don't think need to think about what to do. I've decided what to do, but everything in there is a call I need to make. Mm. So once you decide what stuff is. You know, so there's right or wrong. There is either organized or not. Right. I like that. Okay. You, you can decide whether stuff is where it belongs. Yeah. It depends. It just it, it matters if it works for you. Doesn't matter how you do it, really. Well, that's funny. Most people don't actually think about organizing about stuff they love to do. A golfer doesn't usually think about organizing their clubs, or a painter usually doesn't think about organizing their paintbrushes, or they don't think of it as a chore. They just mm -hmm. do that. Because that's what they need to do to be able to hit the ball right with the right club. They got to clear their mind space. And have yeah, well, in the they, same place. And yeah, they they don't want to be bothered by trying to find the damn club. They want to hit the ball. Exactly. You know, as an athlete, we put all the same stuff in our lockers in the same in the same place. Exactly. So we find everything, and you know, it's all. Uh, it's like eating well, the same of, meal. Think about a kitchen. You know, these five steps. If you think about a kitchen, most people have, have at some point had their kitchen out of control. Yeah. You ever, you ever come back from something and your kitchen's out of control and you didn't realize you'd invited guests over in an hour? <laughs> oh my, what do I do? Here's yeah. what you do. First of all, capture. You identify the stuff that ain't where it goes. Ooh, look at all that. Look at that. That dirty dishes, whatever. <laughs> then what then what are you doing? You're deciding, hey, is this good food that I can save? Is that food I need to cook for dinner? Is that trash? In other words, you're clarifying. Then what are you doing? You're organizing it. You're throwing trash where trash goes putting good food back in the fridge, you're putting pots in the pad in the, in the sink or in the dishwasher. Step four, step back, pull out the recipe, pull out the butter, start melting. You know, so that's, <laughs> you know, I didn't make this up. I just identified the stages yeah. and the phases that we go through. It's just that those are very different things. Most people just say, oh, go get organized or go set priorities. You'll implode with just that because <laughs> that's too simple. If you're really going to set priorities, you first need to capture all the stuff that's got your attention. You need to clarify. Then you need to organize so you can step back and look at the appropriate orientation maps for yourself and reflect on that before you can trust a priority decision. Mm. 
Now, like we mentioned earlier in the, the episode, there's a lot of you know technology, apps, gadgets, all these different things people can download to increase their productivity, but it can also be a distraction as well. So there, we, we talked about early in the, the show that there are a lot of different apps and technology and smartphones and emails that uh, people have adapted over the last 10, 10 20 years. Um, are there any apps that you specifically use that actually increase your productivity as opposed to uh, take away from it? Well, sure. Any list, any good list manager can increase your productivity if you know the GTD methodology. So I use mine. I use we use Lotus Notes in our company, and I have an add-on to that that just configures that a little more to fit to the methodology. But basically, any list manager you could use Outlook, you could use anything. And there's at last count, there were over 700 apps that are now purporting to support the GTD process. Wow! So you know, take your pick. Anything, anything works as long as you work it. It just needs to be. Easy to get to, easy to input, easy to access. Gotcha. Uh, in, in terms of your list, do you have an iPhone? I do. What's on your home screen? What's on the home screen on my iPhone? Well, or maybe the top, yeah. the top, the most notable things. Obviously, you've got your you know. uh, Google Maps for sure. I mean, yeah. living in it, living in living in Europe, man, that's just you know critical. A- <laughs> to you know, no kidding. Uh, I've got Instagram. I have Words with Friends. I have Evernote, uh, Maglite. You know, being 70 this year i need that mag light more than i used wow. to <laughs> it's uh, wow. my cam my camera you know my alarm clock uh google translate uh which is great to have you know my contacts uh and you know take calendar uh i've got google chrome and you know photos messages uh, you know, those are uh, those are typical typical stuff. What's besides Google Maps and Google Translate? Possibly, what's the app you can't live without on the iPhone? Hard to say, or on the I, computer or online. You know, if you've got a, a yeah. site or something. Well, any you know, the list manager that would be hard to, hard to live without something like that. So that's mm. that's pretty critical. Uh, I use a lot of Mind Maps. So Mind Manager is a great program uh, that really? I use from for Mindjet. Uh, Snagit. I couldn't live. Could anybody live without Snagit? For What's Snagit? Capturing, me. capturing anything on the screen. Oh, and gotcha. Yeah, and gotcha, copying gotcha. it. So yeah. you know, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Or, you know, similar stuff to that. Uh, obviously, you know, Microsoft Word and Excel. I mean, those are basic engines. You know, for for business and, and communication stuff. Um, those are. Oh, I, I love the brain, the personal brain. Uh, it's an interesting kind of a mind mapping. Uh, association uh, digital uh, uh, tool that that's that's very cool. Mm. Um, those are those are the those are the main ones. Okay, cool. I appreciate you for sharing yeah. that. We'll we'll link all that stuff up on the show notes as well. Uh, okay. got, a, got a couple questions left for you. Uh, first off, is there anything else about productivity that people should be knowing to let go of stress? Uh, obviously, I want everyone to read this book, getting things done. Uh, it's, it's out right now, the new edition, it's the art of stress-free productivity. Make sure to pick it up, um, and make sure to, you know, uh, comment over on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram to David that you, you got the book, post a picture of it online so he can see it. Um, but is there anything else that a busy entrepreneur should know about getting things done that we should talk about here? Well, I'm just going to repeat some things that are really, really critical. As if you're an entrepreneur and you're starting up, you're wearing gazillion hats, spinning all kinds of plates all at the same time. So building in that reflection time, first of all, keeping stuff out of your head, deciding outcomes and actions, sort of when things show up instead of when they blow up, you know, keeping track of all that stuff. And then on a regular basis, as I say, pulling up the rear guard and reflecting on sort of the totality of all that, just keep it all out of your head, step back and look at it regularly and do that kind of reflection process and reflection at how, whatever horizons that you know are are critical to you. I've identified the six horizons. You'll read about those in the book. That all the way from the, the 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 ground level horizon, which are all the actions and activities that you do. The next horizon up would be all the projects that are driving a lot of those actions. Next horizon up would be all the hats that you're wearing, all the areas of focus and accountability. Above that, you're going to have you know where do you want to be you know 12 to 24 months from now. Above that, you've got where do you want to be five years from now? What about lifestyle, vision, and career and mm-hmm. stuff? And above that, you've got the underneath meta sub horizon called why are you on the planet? What's your purpose as a human being? And what really, really matters to you in terms of your values and your standards? Now, I couldn't get it any sim- simpler. Those are six very discrete conversations to have with yourself. And so, you know, however you can build those in so that you're, you know, you're spending appropriate time 
at looking at those kind of orientation, you know, maps or orientation guides or templates. Uh, and then, then, you know, trusting your, then getting all your current work and all the stuff's got your attention out of your head and then just shoot down the middle. Basically, try, trust your heart or your gut or your liver or whatever you trust <laughs> to right. be making your intuitive judgment calls. Wow. Okay. It's the best, it's the best you can do. It's the best any of us can do. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's the game. You're like the Mr. Miyagi of productivity. <laughs> I love it. Well, come on, you're 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 an you're an athlete, though, you right. know, uh, Lewis. So come on, you know, it's hard to play a game that you haven't set up a goal line. True, right? Exactly. Yeah. And you need to know, well, what's the goal line down there? Where's my project? I get to mark mm-hmm. this off as done when what's true, and what's our next play? Do we run right or left? Yeah, yeah. You know, so true. outcome and action become really the zeros and ones of the thought process of productivity. Mm. Yes. What are, what are we trying to accomplish? How do we allocate resources to make it happen? Mm. I love this. Yeah, this is great stuff. A uh, couple questions left for you, uh, more personal questions. Uh, sure. One, do you believe it's possible to have a healthy work-life balance with everything that's going on in life? Sure. Mm. Okay, good answer. Well, I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't use work-life balance. It's all the same thing to me. I just use balance. Yeah. And you always need to be slightly out of balance. Mm. You know, until, you, until you've totally fulfilled your destiny as a human spirit on the planet, you should be, you should have at least a little bit of an edge. <laughs> yeah. You mean focusing a lot of your energy on one thing for keep you going yeah, or keeping you going. You need to be yeah. moving forward. I mean, it seems to be on this level. We have intention, you know, our intentionality is, is what creates an, uh, a momentum. And I don't think you can stop that. You can't just be, you actually need to do to, do, to be. Yeah. You need to be engaged and active. And that doesn't mean sweat necessarily. Sometimes it does. Uh, to do or to you know engage could also be to walk around the gar- rose garden and stare at your navel. It could be you know to do meditative or spiritual exercises. It could be spend quality time with your kids. But it, you know th- that engage that engagement. I don't think you're going to be able to stop if you're conscious. So so it's never you're never going to finish everything and get everything done. You know, right. if it's news to you that there's always more to do than you can do, you need a a priest or a drink. You know, right, right. <laughs> it's like, you know, come on. And then at a certain point, you know, I'll play Mr. Miyagi. You'll just enjoy the game. Yeah, there you go. What type of uh, sports or or working out exercises do you do now? Do you still do karate or do you do something else? No, you know, I slog around, just kind of jog and push a few weights <laughs> here and there. Walk my dog you know, more yeah, than yeah. And still travel a lot, so that keeps you moving. Sure. You know, what yeah. type of dog do you have? We have a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, just our great little love. She's great. Oh, okay, very cool. Um, what are you most grateful for recently, David? Uh, the fact that I get to do work that does nothing but improve people's lives. Mm. That is just so cool. I just constantly you know, thank my lucky stars that I've been able to sort of craft together something that I love to do. Can't stop doing. Um, you know, as, you, as you know, if you, if you love what you do, you won't, you'll never work another day in your life. Mm. So, um, right. you know, and I get to hang with folks like you. And, and you know, some of the best and brightest and most interesting creative people are the people sort of attracted to my work. So that's the right. network. I get to hang with so tough life right that's fabulous yeah. a friend of mine uh a tech startup founder and brilliant guy named dan martell uh he he asked me a question last night we were hanging out he said if i gave you a billion dollars what would you do to serve the world and it was an interesting question to think about and uh you know i'm still thinking about it but i want to ask you that question if you were given a billion dollars what would you do to uh serve the world or accelerate what you're already doing uh, if I had a billion dollars, I would just uh, keep investing it in what we're currently invested in. It would just speed it up a good bit, and that's taking the GTD message around the world. Mm. So uh, we're building a global educational model and starting to roll it out and have franchisees now we're setting up all around the world. So you know, it's part of our mission to get this great sort of life-improving and work-improving methodology to as many people as want it on the planet. So couldn't think of anything more fun to do. If you were 31 again, and you were, you know, I'm 31 years old, and if you could go back in time and to your 31 year old self, what advice <laughs> would you give? What advice would you give yourself? Relax, have fun, and um, you know, don't be afraid of jumping off the end of the pier because the water's fine. Mm, that's good advice. Final question I've got to ask you. I ask all my guests at the end. Uh, before I ask you the question, I want to take a moment, David, and acknowledge you for the work you have been doing over the years, uh, because this has truly impacted millions of people all around the world. Uh, people are, have 
lived a stress-free life or they've had a stress-free life because of the work and the message that you've created and the tools uh, and templates and exercises and everything you do. So I want to acknowledge you for being that voice that everyone needs to hear, especially in the last decade uh, of a stress-free or a stressful world. And it's been incredible to be a part of your journey. So I thank you for that. I acknowledge you for that. Thanks. You're quite welcome. Uh, and the final question is, what is your definition of greatness? Uh, achieving desired and meaningful results. David Allen, thanks so much for coming on, my friend. Lewis, my pleasure. Man, I loved this interview with David. And if you guys enjoyed this as well, make sure to go check out the full show notes at lewishouse.com slash 145. That's lewishouse.com slash 145. If you loved this episode, if you feel like your friends would enjoy learning how to be stress-free and being more productive, then make sure to share this with them. Email a friend this episode who is overwhelmed. Email uh, you know, someone in your family who may be overly stressed. Uh, email someone who you feel like is just running their wheels and they're not being as productive as they should be. Send them this email. Share this with your friends. Again, lewishouse.com slash 145. Had a blast having David on. Make sure to check out his book and all the other things that David is up to. We've got all of his links, links to his book over at the show notes, lewishouse.com slash 145. And we've got so many good things coming out. We've got a big surprise coming out, hopefully in the next few weeks that I'm going to be sharing with you guys. Man, I'm so pumped for this. I've been working on it for a few months. And we've also got uh, you know some other great guests coming out. Julianne Huff is coming out soon. We're working on that interview. That'll be coming out here very soon. But also, if this is your first time coming here, make sure to check out the rest of the podcast. Again, we're on 145 right now, but we just had Jack Canfield on, Marie Forleo on, Tony Robbins on a little bit ago, Scooter Braun. We've had some incredible individuals. So if you're looking for the inspiration and the education to improve your life, to be stress-free, to be more productive, to build your business, to uh, have better health, then you are in the right place place and i'm super blessed and grateful you are make sure to click that subscribe button over on itunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast on soundcloud or stitcher click the subscribe button leave us a review if you enjoyed this episode again lewishouse.com slash 145 thank you so so much for coming on you know what time it is it's time to go out there and do something great deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.